Hope everyone is doing well this fine afternoon. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, and this is the sixth episode of the Passengers Podcast. We bring you stories of some of the most innovative entrepreneurs in different sectors and stages of businesses of our era. Dennis Kang and I are the co-hosts, while Fernando Garcia focuses on their website, and Claire Helms focuses on their Instagram page. Lana Hatiomanovic draws all of our arts, including the main art and all of the episode's arts. We are proud to also present two new members to the team, Allison Thompson and Amar Rahik. Allison will be our new team coordinator, and Amar will join the art team. For more information on our team, please visit our website at passionerspodcast.com. So if you have any companies or entrepreneurs that you would like us to reach out to, send us an email to passionerspodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on our Instagram page at passionerspodcast. Unlike other podcasts, we actually respond. And please follow and rate us. It helps five. Actually, we have seven college students with a dream and it honestly doesn't take too much. And now, let's get into today's episode. Today we have the honor of interviewing Kerwin Donis. Kerwin Donis is a co-founder of Carolina Cash Properties, a real estate investing company. His company is located in North Carolina and he is actually a sophomore at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Can you briefly describe your company and introduce yourself, Kerwin? Guys, thanks for having me. My name is Kerwin. Um, I'm a local investor, real estate investor here in the Durham, North Carolina area. Um, I'm also a sophomore at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, I'm a young writer, a student, entrepreneur, uh, and I identify as a lifelong learner. So um, yeah, Carolina Cash Properties is actually um, the LLC name that we have, but our brand name is Donis Ventures. Uh, my two brothers and I, we started Carolina Cash Properties, um, and we do a multitude of different things. We do creative financing, uh, including seller financing and wholesaling. Um, and we also do lease options. Uh, we're actually working on our first flip. And so we do a variety of things right now. What inspired you to start a career in real estate? We actually had been looking into real estate um, since the fall of 2019, but we didn't really take action until after winter break when my two brothers and I, we went to Guatemala. That's where my mom's from. Um, and we that was my first time going. And we just saw the, the poverty they live in. Um, they don't have access to clean water. Um, it, it was really bad conditions. And uh, we just felt really blessed to be in this country. I'm first generation. So um, I, I just kind of looked at all the opportunities I have here. And it's not easy for everyone. I mean, I grew up low income, single mom. Um, and it wasn't easy for, I mean, I mean, a lot of people have hardships, but um, I just still feel as an American, I, I have, I'm, I have, I'm a privileged person um, in the world. So we decided to take action uh, and, and just chase the financial freedom that we um, are pursuing in order to help my family in Guatemala. How has your agent status as a college sophomore impacted your experience so far? I'm going to be honest. At first, I thought my age would kind of make me an obstacle. I think I thought people wouldn't respect me um, and that would just be a instantly uh, a, a barrier for me and enough to, to enter the rooms I wanted to be in. But I'm not going to lie, a lot of people, especially in the real estate investment um, industry, they're very welcoming. Um, they've had a lot more respect for me because I'm so young and because um, I, I kind of carry myself with a certain maturity that a lot of people around my age don't have. Um, and it really is about just kind of commanding your space in the room and just you know showing that you have value to bring no matter your age um, and obviously age isn't always just a number but um, when it comes to real estate I think if you have the knowledge and the confidence to back it up people don't really care about how old you are um, and yeah so that, that's it's been pretty positive for me overall that's awesome man 
So when did you get your license? Yeah, so I'm glad you actually made that uh, that question because um, we are not real real estate agents. We are investors. Um, so realtors, what they do is they um, you go up to them when you have a property you want to sell. Um, they'll put a sign up in your yard. They'll list it on the uh, MLS, which is just the platform they use to kind of market to a cash buyers, a pool of cash buyers, um, or just you know people that want to live in the house. We are investors, so we started with wholesaling, which is essentially you get the property under contract. So you uh, negotiate with the seller, you get it under contract, and then you find an end buyer, and you assign the rights to buy the property to the end buyer. And so you're you're really just, just they're paying you for the the contract. So really, you're never really uh, you're not really a real estate investor. And that's when we learned creative financing, which is um, seller financing. So that the seller agrees to sell the property on terms, so that you'll make payments to them over time. Or subject to when you take the mortgage over, um, it, the payments over, but it stays in their name, which is, I mean, I can get into the complexities of it, but essentially, um, there's different strategies you can use, and that's how we've gone about acquiring our rental properties. But um, wholesaling itself and all the investor, you don't have to be a realtor for that, and you don't need a license. Oh, so you don't have your license, but no, you're just, no. oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, so, yeah, yeah. Super and it's cool. a good option for a lot of people. Um, I do have a lot of my, my, fellow investors who do have license um, but we work with inv- we work with a realtor actually somebody on our team who helps us find end buyers for our contracts they are a realtor and so it's important to have a realtor on your team but um, me and my brothers we do not have a license would you say your first big step in your journey to entrepreneurship was when you went to guatemala yeah um that was definitely the first time that we kind of decided to just hit, hit the ground running um but i guess Really, it was more important. The most important step that we took was just taking action. Um, a lot of times, people uh, what we like to call analysis paralysis. They feel like they don't know enough and they're not confident enough yet, and they just let that stop them from doing it. And um, a lot of these things, especially in entrepreneurship, you learn by doing, and you learn it on the way. You'll never know enough just to to really feel 100% confident in yourself. But that is one of the main barriers that prevents a lot of people from ever starting. And you can apply that to almost anything in life. Um, if you don't start and just learn as you go and, and don't let that fear of failure stop you. Um, and that was one of the biggest things that we had to overcome. Um, and we, we made failures on the way, but failures are life's biggest teachers. How was your experience with your first major sale? Yeah, so um, we started, like I said, we started with wholesaling. Um, we were marketing for about six months. I was in college in my dorm room. Um, I would wake up like at seven and then I would cold call from like, eight to nine and then in between classes I would cold call and then from five to eight every day I would cold call um, and we did that and then after the pandemic we came home and that's all we did from nine to eight we just cold called um, and it took me six months of just nonstop grind um, until we find our first deal and keep in mind you know, my, my older brother uh, he took out a credit card and we were in in the hole so we really uh, had to have faith that this was going to pay off and it wasn't easy and we had a lot of naysayers telling us oh you guys are crazy like you're wasting money you're wasting your time um, but we just didn't listen we kind of kept our head down and um, stayed in the trench and we got our first deal um, and there's a YouTube video um, if you guys want to check that out about our first deal but uh, we it was an amazing experience we made a way more than we thought we did um, the seller we had made an offer it was lower than what they were asking and so uh, we were just planning on following up with them and they actually called us back and said you know what we're ready to move forward um, and we made that assignment fee and it was just the first time where we went from having faith to knowing that this is a fact and this can happen um, there are a lot of stories of people that have similar experiences, but it's different when it happens to you, you know, it's like, okay, I know this is going to work. And that was what, uh, that was our first experience of, of knowing that if we just put our mind to something and, um, have faith and, and keep going, then we know we can make it happen. Gotcha. If this is not a too sensitive topic to ask, um, yeah. how much was your profit so yeah. far? Um, so 
you talk, are you talking about that one deal or just overall? I would say overall. And okay. yeah, if you want to go in depth into that yeah, specific one, all. you could. Yeah. Um, so I should know this, but um, I think we've made around 115000 in re- like revenue. That's what we've brought in. Um, and we've spent about, uh, I would say about 90. And this kind of all, you know, pulling it out of the bag. So I'm not, I might be a little inaccurate, but um, we have been giving my mother a lot of uh, money. Um, she, we like to provide for her. So we've been giving her, we've given her um, a little over 10,000. Uh, we've also paid for a few things. We've gone on a few trips. So um, overall, we have been profitable. And this, I don't know if this kind of like answers your question as well, but right now we are exiting the single family um, industry. We are going into multifamily. So we're looking to start um, syndicating apartments, which I could explain that to you if you like. But um, yeah, we're looking to get into multifamily apartments and syndicating those deals. And so we're coming out of that. Hopefully we're planning on closing around anywhere from 40 to 70,000. Um, and we're going to essentially liquidate Carolina Cash Properties and then move that move on to multifamily. So uh, it, the thing about investing is it's expensive. The marketing is really expensive. So yeah, it might look like we're bringing in this amount, but you're spending a lot too. Um, so yeah, that, that is a great question and profitability is definitely the most important thing when it comes to running a business and, and having a successful business thrive. Many companies have their ups and downs, but you guys seem to be doing well at the moment. Were there any times where you guys were struggling to financially make a profit? I'm not going to lie for a while. Um, we were in the hole and now we are profitable. Um, and we've managed to you know, help my mom. So um, I don't see that as like money in my pocket, but it's money in her pocket. So um, yeah, we definitely have been profitable, but the spreads aren't incredibly like, you know, we haven't, we haven't netted a hundred thousand. Personally, I haven't been working during the school semester because I feel like I've been taking some tough classes and it'd just be difficult to juggle everything. Do you ever feel like it's been difficult for you to juggle your schoolwork with your work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, during the the fall semester, it was the spring semester, right before the pandemic um, of my freshman year. Yeah, it was difficult. Uh, I really didn't hang out with people, and it was hard to make that decision. But my, my brothers, they were my support group. I mean, we FaceTimed all the time, kind of had like our own masterminds, um, just kept motivating each other because we were going months with paying money, getting deeper in the hole, um, not seeing any kind of fruits of our labor. Um, but it was it was, I never, uh, we knew that there were people that were succeeding in this in the space. So we just knew that we had to keep going. And a really reoccurring theme among entrepreneurs is, um, like I said earlier, if the people that give up are the people that don't make it. And so it really kind of, it's, it's a test of the kind of person you are and how determined you are. Um, because persistence and consistency are what, in, in pretty much anything, is what will uh, guarantee your success. I mean, the only failure is only possible if you give up. You know, if you never give up and you keep going, I, I'm a firm believer that you will succeed. But yeah, it was hard to balance school. But during the pandemic, um, it, with online classes, it wasn't that bad, honestly. You have proven to be very successful. Well, for one, starting your company while still being a sophomore in college. But what are your plans and aspirations for the future? Yeah, so I kind of mentioned uh, it earlier, and we are looking to get into multifamily syndication. Um, as an entrepreneur and just somebody who wants to have financial freedom, we are looking to get passive income and wholesaling. It, it, we like to call it like uh, you're still on the rat wheel, the, the wheel. Um, you're still you have to you, you eat what you kill, and you have to keep looking for more deals. But with um, apartment syndication, uh, I'll, it's essentially you know you raise capital and then you acquire the assets, and once you have the asset as an apartment, and these are like anywhere from 20, 30, 60, 300 um, units. You have that as passive income coming in every every month in the mail, just you know, pocket money. And so our goal is to have that and have a, a multi-million dollar 
portfolio as soon as possible. And so we that's we had to reevaluate our why of why we were in why we were entrepreneurs, why we started a business, and we weren't chasing. We don't really want money. Uh, we want passive income. You know, like we just don't want like spending money. We want something that we can rely on that will always be there. And apartments are one of the best assets you can invest in. You had previously mentioned that you wanted to become an author one day. Could you go into detail about that decision? Yeah. So that would kind of touch on my why as well. Um, I don't want to be in real estate my whole life. Um, I want to have the freedom to do what I want with my time. And that's writing. Uh, I really love writing. And I was previously a Kenan scholar. Um, I was in the undergraduate business program. And I just sat down and we had just recently made the decision to start pursuing multifamily real estate. And, um, you know, I was thinking like in four years, uh, I want to use, I just, I don't want to look back and say, you know, I wish I had used that time to pursue writing. And I was thinking, you know, should I wait for writing? It can always wait, but um, I think life's too short and I don't want to wait to write my book. If I want to write it now, I want to write it now. Um, so I decided to change my major to English. Um, I hope that that can kind of help me uh, just refine my writing abilities and also give me the, the experience and to like network with people in that space. Because a lot of these, there's a lot of good uh, professional writers and published writers in, in the UNC undergraduate uh, English program. So yeah, I'm actually, I am working on the rough draft right now, uh, outlining it. It's it's not been, it's one of the hardest things I've started. And I've been doing this for a while, like on and off with writing, but I've just committed to it. So yeah, I'm. it's a mystery fiction. I'm really excited. Um, it's still really like new, so anything could change. But yeah, that's pretty much what the, the novel is going to be. As a former Kenan scholar, do you feel like being part of the program helped with you building your career to where you are at the moment? Yeah, um, I will say I actually met uh, a real estate investor. He he was an alumni from UNC. He was in the undergraduate business program. Um, he started a real. He's a flipper now, so he flips property. So like buy them uh, below market, fix them up, and then sell them. Uh, and I started cold calling for him. All I was doing that all of uh, the fall of my freshman year. Um, and that's what got me kind of my, my, my feet wet in real estate. And so I was already experiencing cold calling and that was for his company. So yes, absolutely. It definitely opened the door for me. I mean, it gave me that real life practical experience um, in doing it and just helped me learn how to be a salesperson. Because at the end of the day, I mean, like real estate is a people business. You have to know how to talk to people, not just uh, potential sellers, but other investors, people like mentors, um, learning how to bring value to people. And I mean, that's what really you bring value to the marketplace. That's what you get paid for. Gotcha. And so how does cold calling work? Could you explain uh, briefly? How do you get these numbers? Yeah, it's, 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 a, I mean, so you have different data providers, you uh, buy a list and then you have to skip trace it, which is essentially like you have a list of properties, but you don't have their numbers. So you reach out to the data provider, you get the list and then you skip trace the list and then that's the numbers. And then you plug that into a dialer, which is what we use. We use Mojo dialing. Um, it was about 200 bucks a month. We just sat on the phone and literally cold called. You get a lot of like, don't call me again, a lot of hate. Um, it's really negative, but it's also um, it helps you kind of just get stronger and more confident because over time, um, and this, this is Brent Daniels, another big guru in the, in the space. He talks about how like once you talk to a thousand people, you're a professional at cold calling. You can do it because um, you've heard everything, you've heard it all, you know, like, and you really learn that they can't do it. They can't hurt you. You know, it's really scary to call people and get turned down and rejected. I mean, that's, I think that's a common theme in a lot of different industries and just anything you do in life. I mean, rejection is something you have to learn to be comfortable with and that on discomfort, you grow from that. So yeah, cold calling, it's hard, but it was one of the best ways for me to learn to just be uh, confident in my own ability to negotiate with sellers and just negotiate with people in general and also just help me develop my communication skills. Which people have been the biggest inspirations in your life 
to motivate you to reach the goals that you have reached? Yeah, uh, my mom for sure, it, just in general. Um, she's, you know, hardworking, uh, independent, taught me a lot. Uh, in terms of like business, uh, I would say Grant Cardone. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's a big multifamily investor. Um, he's a billionaire and it's not, money isn't important, but I just think that um, if you follow him, he, he is very well outspoken, but he also um, has a great track record. Like he came from doing drugs, um, very unsuccessful in life and just kind of like everyone was hating on him. And now he's one of the most successful people in real estate. Um, I would also say Stephen King, uh, in terms of my like my writing aspirations, uh, he was he has like the basic story of being rejected so many times. And he his wife, um, what he his I don't know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this, the story, but um, Carrie, his first big book, um, it was rejected many times. He threw it away and his wife went to the trash and got it out and told him like, no, you can keep, you can find a publisher for this. And he did. And that was his first big hit. And obviously the rest is history. He's very successful. Um, and I just think that's kind of like what I was talking about earlier, how um, you hard life is always going to be hard and you're always going to have obstacles. But if it's it, the real, uh, the real challenge is just overcoming it. And I think that you have to look for the, the learning lesson and everything, you know? Um, I think what, I mean, this is cliche, but what doesn't kill you does make you stronger. And if you look to what you can look for, what you can learn from that experience, then you can just, I mean, I think that that's like, it, it builds your armor, you know, it makes you stronger and it makes you um, also, you know, makes you more empathetic to other people because you can kind of relate to them. How influential has social media been in the development of your company so far? So I'm going to shout out my brother, Jeffrey Donis. He's um, the head of that. Um, I'm, he's my twin brother also, so you probably, he probably looks a lot like me. Um, but he's a social media guy. It's a big help, um, not just for credibility, but also uh, we, we want to document our journey. Because like I said, I come from a low-income background, single mom, uh, first generation. And I, I am gonna, I'm confident in what we can do because we're willing to work hard and not give up. But um, I, a lot of these big celebrities and successful people, you just see them at the top. And like, you think they're the lucky few, you think, oh, like they, 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 they had luck and um, they just got it, you know, it just happened for them. But I don't think that's the case for a lot of these people. A lot of them, it's a small percentage of luck and the majority of hard work and persistence. So we want to document like our failures along the way and also the hardships along the way. And just, you know, we're real people. Um, I'm not some distant person yet. And I'm not going to ever be because I want to show you guys that just everyone that uh, where I started and where we came from. And then in a few years, hopefully, you know, they'll see that how it progressed. And I hope that, that serves as an inspiration. Uh, my brother also, he likes to, we like to provide a lot of value to people that want to get into real estate. Um, wholesaling, it's, it's not something that I think most people should do for the rest of their lives, but I think it's a great gateway. We call it the gateway drug um, to real estate because it like, it's, it's a good way to learn the market and um, learn how to navigate real estate. And then on top of that, I mean, you just network with a lot of people who go on to do development, uh, commercial real estate, uh, a lot of different things. But social media has definitely helped us network with the right people, find the right people. And I'd like to think that we inspire people too. And we've had people reach out and say they got their first deals from the content we provide. And that was honestly the, the biggest blessing for us. And that's, that's honestly all we do it for is to bring value. Could you describe a little bit more the future plans of your company? So we're looking to get into multifamily syndication, and I'll just quickly um, explain what that is. You essentially find a pool of investors, and you they they invest money, and um, you take that money for the down payment on a, these are multi million dollar assets. And obviously, I I don't have that. Um, so we just network with high net worth individuals who are accredited investors who can qualify and like legally invest, and then we take that money, invest, and then we'll give them cash flow over time. So let's say five years, like a five year hold, um, we'll give them money 
and they'll make money on their money. And then we also get collect some fees along the way. We also cash flow as well. Um, and that allows us to build a portfolio that will just be paying us passively. And that's, um, I think that is the secret to like financial freedom is just cash flow and not having to work for your money. Cause a lot of jobs, like, of course we need doctors and lawyers and those are really important, but they still work for the money. You know, like if they don't show up to the work, to the job, then they're not making money. Um, and that's that, 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 that kind of traps you in that, uh, you have, you have to show up, but we just want to have passive income. Um, and so that's the vision for us. We want passive income. And I think that, um, we can also help our investors reach their financial goals because that's really important. And we, you know, we, don't like to have it focused on us. Um, you know, like I said, we want to bring value to other people and that's the value we give them is that they can make money. So they'll have more freedom of the, with their time and they'll have more money. And we have an altruistic uh, perspective on just the world in general. We think that people, if they have more time and more money, then they're going to do good things with it. So that'll hopefully, you know, lead to more uh, philanthropic like donations and just uh, starting nonprofits and, and, and awesome things that I think people, if they had the time and the freedom and the money to do it, they would. Meeting Kerwin was a breath of fresh air. It was nice to see someone of my age accomplish all the things that he has been able to accomplish. For one, how many people have already started a company as a sophomore in like the university? This is crazy. And most people don't even ever start a company, but he's already done it this early. I don't know, just meeting him, it just motivated me to accomplish more things and motivated me to aim for more goals and knowing that there's someone out there who's doing exactly what I want to do it was just a breath of fresh air it was nice it's nice to see how possible it was as long as you put in your time and effort you know it's just anything's possible out there well to wrap up this whole podcast I have one final question for you Kerwin what advice would you offer students who are trying to pursue a business idea? There's a lot of people that say, I'm kind of tell you what path to take. Um, and it's really hard. That's something that I've been struggling with is to not listen to anyone else but what I want. And it might sound selfish, but I think uh, just know what you want and be willing to work for it. Um, and don't listen to people that that aren't where you are. This is a big thing that we have. Don't take advice from someone that you wouldn't trade places with. Um, if you know, and I think that that's a big thing because a lot of times people will try to give you advice and, um, it's really easy to kind of let that sink in, but you have to take a step back and say, okay, like, are they a credible source of information? Should I trust them? Should, are they where I want to be? You know? Um, so find the right mentors as well, uh, lead with value. And if you, your time is the most valuable thing we have. And so if you don't have money to give or anything else, just offer your time and be persistent and consistent. That's um, also a big thing. Don't ever give up if you want something. Uh, could you describe the photos that you sent us? Like, yeah, there's stories behind each one of them. Yeah, um, the one with the big family is my family in Guatemala. That was my uh, the last picture we took right after we left, and that just I mean I look at it all the time. Um, they're my little cousins, and um, sadly, you know, the, I think society there it's, it's a lot different. Even if you go to college, uh, you don't have really good prospects for you know job placement and just making income. Um, and even going to college doesn't necessarily, I know here it doesn't guarantee that you'll escape poverty, but there it's a lot harder. Um, just with like the corrupt government. And, um, I mean, they were like, when I say they're dirt poor, I mean, it, it's like that, like they don't have clean water. Um, and it's just basic human needs that aren't being met. And so that's something that really inspired me to just continue to pursue my goals because, um, this is another common saying that I'm not going to take credit for Max Maxwell actually introduced this to me, but like if a plane's going down, uh, you put your own, you know how they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first before you help others. Um, that's kind of what my, 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 one of my major motivating, uh, statements is, uh, we, 
I have to get myself in a place where I'm stable because I, I can't help anybody by staying a low income uh, American. You know, um, I, I want to reach and be in a position of power and uh, influence that I can actually help other people. Um, but I have to get myself there first, you know? So that's, that's yeah. And then my brothers, obviously my partners, they are just as hardworking, if not harder than I am. Um, they're like my, my best friends. I love them. And I could not do this, any of this without them. And my mom and my, my sister and my family, um, they're a big factor in everything I do. We want to help my mom pay her back for all the sacrifices she's made. And she's made a lot. Um, and I think those, that covers all the pictures. <laughs> all right, nice. Yeah, I remember when I went to Mexico. Like yeah. they've, they've had like a really corrupt uh, like country mm-hmm. for quite a few years. And like they finally got a president that's actually trying to help everybody. And mm-hmm. everybody's like so happy for him and everything. And yeah. like you can see the impact that the other presidents left. Like you can go to some neighborhoods. There's some houses mm-hmm. that are literally like barely have any insulation. It's yeah. like you could tell like whenever it's cold, they'll, they'll be one of the first people to feel it. And it's just kind of yeah. sad seeing how like some of the people are forgotten. And yeah, just like to sure. know that you're trying to help out like back to your family. That's like really amazing, honestly. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's awesome. I didn't know you were from Mexico. That's lit. <laughs> Thank you for being on our show today, Kerwin. By the way, feel free to shout out your social media handles. Donis Ventures. It's D-O-N-I-S-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. And we're on we're that on every platform. Um, so we try to have omnipresence. That's something Gary V talks about a lot. Um, and so we just want to be in everyone's face. So if they look us up on anything, they'll see us. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. And yeah, I hope you guys... I think your podcast is awesome and it's it's really inspiring. So... To learn more about Kerwin and other passioners we have interviewed in this podcast and to see behind the scenes of how we create each of our episodes, follow our Instagram page at Passioners Podcast. Thanks, Kerwin, for inspiring us with your life's journey. This episode is written, edited, and produced by Mike Garcia. Janice Kang and I are the co-hosts of this podcast. Fernando Garcia is in charge of our website. Clara Helms is our social media director. Lana Hadiomanovic and Amar Rahik are our illustrators. Allison Thompson is our team coordinator. We use original music by Chiazo Agila. Other music we have used are listed on our website at passionerspodcast.com. Next episode, Jen is going to interview another passioner. Stay tuned. Passioners Podcast tells the stories of entrepreneurs and their journeys. My name is Mike Garcia, and thanks for listening.